Howdy folks and welcome to Outdated or Underrated, the podcast where we debate the old tried and true versus the shiny and new. I'm Zachary. And I'm Connor, and today we will be discussing the horrible inefficiencies of a diesel-powered vehicle and praising the efficiencies of the modern innovation that is the electric powertrain. I guess we know which side you're rooting for, Connor. Why is this even a debate? We know diesel works, the fuel is synonymous with the hardworking men and women that run our farms, ship our goods, and power our homes. When a storm knocks out the power in your house, you fire up the diesel generator and go back to watching TV. How can an electric car compete with that reliability? Well, Zachary, the simple answer is that electric is the new power source. Our homes are wired into the grid from the ground up, and our infrastructure is growing continually more and more electric every day because that's what our society demands. Battery technology is the way of the future. Our lives are dependent on the grid, an electrical grid, and it is our vehicles and it is time our vehicles were included in that grid. So we burn fossil fuels to generate the electricity that we charge our cars with. Given that we're not using 100% of the energy stored in fossil fuels to begin with, converting it to another form just seems like a waste to me. Well, according to the US.gov, in 2019, 63% of the United States electricity came from natural gas and coal-fired plants. 35% of that is from natural gas alone. In fact, in the past couple of years, the U.S. has been moving to find more environmentally friendly power sources, such as hydroelectricity, solar power, wind, and biomass, which in turn supplies us with 17% of our country's power needs. Using electricity to power our vehicles is not a waste. In fact, it is actually a way in which we can use less power to operate our vehicles. Fundamentally, electric cars get you farther on less because they can go farther with the same amount of potential energy that a diesel engine would travel. Much of the chemical energy in the combustion process is wasted due to mechanical inefficiencies and inefficiencies that an electric motor does not have because it is composed of magnets that are spun at high RPMs through alternating currents. We've only really begun to refine the efficiency of our compression ignition diesel engines, though. In fact, to comply with U.S. EPA regulations, major diesel engine companies like Cummins have said that we'll see a 15% decrease in fuel consumption over the next 10 years. And that benefits felt globally. The same engines produced in the U.S. are used in construction vehicles in developing countries like China and India. I think we can all agree that these countries are going to grow exponentially, regardless of what else happens. And that the demand has us perfectly poised to innovate now and apply those innovations to the passenger vehicle market. We have hundreds of years of use with combustion, whereas electric motors are a fairly new thing. The reason for using combustion engines for all these years is because we needed our technology to catch up with, to our innovations in the auto industry. When automobile manufacturers and inventors of the 18th century first developed modes of transportation that did not require horses, many looked to to batteries and motors instead of combustion, because 130 years ago, combustion was still a budding technology with many hiccups. This isn't to say that the motor and batteries weren't perfect back in 1897. In fact, they were far from it, which is why the auto industry went with combustion, because at the time, the battery technology just wasn't there. Now, in the 21st century, there has been many more developments in battery technology, specifically in the chain from lead-acid batteries to lithium-ion, which hold more charge, have better recharge cycles, and last longer than ever. I don't disagree that batteries have improved. My cell phone's a testament to that. My concern is that the U.S. doesn't have the capability to sustain the demand for rare earth minerals like neodymium cerium, which are key components in the technology of electric vehicles. In fact, according to the U.S. Geological Survey uh, Mineral Resources uh, Program, the U.S. only produces one-tenth of what China does and we're ranked seventh in rare earth storage globally. Do we really need more dependency on foreign powers for our continued day-to-day existence? 
If you want to talk about dependency on foreign powers, look no further than our current oil situation in the United States. The majority of our oil comes from Canada, accounting for 43% of our oil consumption. The other sources being Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Venezuela, and Iraq. We depend on foreign nations for the oil we use to power our vehicles, hence why there is a demand to switch power sources. Now I see your concern with the battery situation because yes, it is true that we are not the biggest producer of rare earth metals, but that is also due to there being a lack of funding for mines to be started in the United States. Currently there are future plans for mines to open in the US, especially with the current trade war that is going on between the United States and China. Mountain Pass Materials says in May 2019, it will start its own process, processing operation in the United States by 2020. The Mountain Pass Rare Earth Mine is but one mine that is located here in the U.S. in California that can be taken, taken advantage of to extract rare earth metals we need. This proves that there is future prospects for the United States to dec decrease their dependency on foreign powers for their rare earth metals. Well, actually, as of 2014, according to the Energy Department, the U.S. has become not only a net exporter of produce oil, but one of the top exporters in the world. True, we do still import a large amount, but we're manufacturing more than enough to fulfill our domestic needs. My concern is that you're asking the U.S. to rely on a vulnerable power grid to sustain us. Look no further than the software bug that killed the Northeast, caused the Northeast blackout in 2003. One simple humor and error left 45 million people without power for two weeks. Imagine what a targeted terrorist attack could do. And even if you can stop the physical and cyber threats, natural disasters still do and will occur. If we were consuming the same fuel that we were using to fuel our vehicles, I could see why it would be a viable resource to use for our vehicles. But it is also a limited resource that takes tens of thousands of years to replenish. Whereas electricity can be generated from any form of power generation, and has so many more applications as to where the power can be used. And now switching gears to the power grid conjecture, it is true that it is a vulnerability. This is an area in which the government has to put in the proper funding and resources necessary to protect a basic necessity to the American way of life. Everything in our homes, the streetlights, our cities, all rely on the grid. Our country needs to, to strengthen the grid to make it a viable, viable for future calamities, dangers, and threats. Now, I would argue that no amount of money is really going to secure a continent-spanning grid. A wildfire in California, a hurricane in the southeast, heavy snowfall in the north, and not only are homes going to be without power, rescue services themselves will be neutered. No snow plows to clear the road, no helicopters dumping fire retardant, and no boats rescuing people from flooded homes. I'm not going to say that at this point emergency vehicles should all be replaced by electric vehicles. I'm simply saying that the average American who owns a car should be driving one powered by electricity. The vast majority of situations that they will face in their day to, to, today life will not necessitate the need for a vehicle that can help them out of, outrun a hurricane or a wildfire, but as technology progresses, there will be a day that when even those emergency service vehicles could have an electric power plant. So you foresee a future in which vehicles can operate for days on a charge when the best we've been able to do is two or three hundred miles on the open highway in perfect conditions? Gone will be the days when you can just throw a couple jerry cans in the back of your pickup and you're said to drive three states over. I do foresee that in our future, even now, we are seeing companies emerging with electric vehicles that can operate for ranges of up to 600 mile plus miles, which in practice can translate into days and days of driving. This number will only get higher and higher as battery technology progresses. Even now, we are seeing the birth of new battery technologies being born that are even more powerful than the advanced batteries we see in today's electric vehicles, and especially with 
the growing charging infrastructure, we could easily imagine a car traveling a few hundred miles, getting a quick 30-minute charge, then heading into the mountains for a camping trip for the weekend. Now see, that's actually a major drawback for me on electric vehicles. I just don't want to sit for half an hour at a charging station while I fill up my thing. Ten minutes at the pump, and I've got a full tank of coffee and a Slim Jim to snack on on my way back down for the road. And as for off-roading and camping, I'm counting every single bit of weight and gear brought with me. Ten gallons of spare fuel is a lot easier to manage than a couple hundred pounds of batteries and tools needed to swap them out into my Jeep, if I'm even able to work on it. Uh, and that's not to mention the things like, you know, getting a charger set up in your home if you even have a garage to be able to put it on. So we're solely relying on stations out and about for our day-to-day -day driving. While the ease of getting back onto the road in 10 minutes does pose a strong criticism of the electric platform, I believe while it is longer, it is, it is not as big of an issue as it may seem to spend an additional 20 minutes stopping at a charging station. It gives you the opportunity to enjoy a nice, enjoy a nice meal or see what little attractions the town you are stopped in has. This is a menial expense to pay and can actually make your trip more enjoyable. The horde of zombies you're running from agrees wholeheartedly. You go ahead and wait on the charge station for the wildfire to catch up. I'll be booking it to greener pastures. Well, thankfully there aren't any current outbreak of zombies that threaten our well-being. But if there ever was, the, if, but if that ever was the case, my hopes would be that our battery technology has caught up to our ability to make flesh-consuming humans. As for off-roading and camping, the kit capacity of the battery is dependent on how much range you have, and as batteries are improved, manufacturers will be able to provide consumers with larger ranges and more capable off-road vehicles that are electric. One in innovation I look forward to is the ability to charge your vehicle with solar panels you can bring with you on your excursion. While they might not give you a huge boost in range, the novelty of putting power into your vehicle while out in the hills or in, the in a secluded camping ground is just too enticing not to imagine. I don't know how much wheeling you've done, but a major concern is broken parts and trail fixes needed to make it back to civilization. I don't think that requiring an electrical engineering degree should be a prerequisite to working on my vehicle. Sure, you might be able to change the tires and brakes yourself, but if I'm dropping 50 grand on my car, I'd like to be able to save some money by repairing it myself. So far, electrical vehicles are making me dependent on having a power outlet, dependent on having a bunch of free time to sit around waiting for a charge, dependent on someone else to rescue me in a, a crisis, and dependent on a mechanic to get through the day. And it's just the opposite of freedom for me. Self-sufficiency used to be the American dream, and electric cars just chip away at that. One of the joys of having an electric car is the lack of maintenance required to keep the vehicle on the road. Now, if you happen to be wheeling in an electric vehicle, the components that would be susceptible to failure would be the control arms, the shocks, the body panels, all the components that are not associated with the actual makeup of the electric platform. The service needs of an electric vehicle under normal use is simply the replacement of the tires brake, and brakes, which, like you mentioned, can be done easily by someone who knows what they are doing. We are less dependent than it seems because the problems we, realistic, we realistically would be facing will be small enough for us to address ourselves. Even though these vehicles cost more money up front, in the long run, they will save you money because they require less maintenance and cost less to operate than the combustion vehicle. According to Futurism, an online magazine, there is an electric vehicle that has over 600,000 miles on it and it is still being used. The reliability of the electric platform is impressive and it will only improve as with other technologies. You say joy, but some of my fondest childhood memories are turning wrenches with my dad on the Pontiac hot rod we built. 
The same experiences I get to share with my son these days. And there's nothing quite like tearing down an engine, rebuilding it, and feeling that flush of adrenaline you get when it roars to life. I can't imagine it's quite as satisfying to turn a key and watch a display light up while an electric fan quietly hums. Well, Zach, I think the demographic has changed. While you may have enjoyed that experience as a child, today I don't look at cars the same way. Cars in the eyes of most people today are nothing more than tools. People don't want to have to work on their cars. That is too much of a hassle. Today, cars are used to get from point A to point B. If a car has to be worked on and maintained to get it to do its job, the vehicle becomes obsolete. The car that the American people want is, an, is a car that they can depend on and that they don't have to worry about, and that car is the electric car. I would agree that vehicles are a tool, but I think the American people want a tool that they can aren't going to have to take out a, another mortgage to own and operate to get through their days. The cost of owning an electric vehicle is extremely low, especially in comparison to operating a combustion vehicle. Combustion vehicles require gasoline to be run. Each time you go to the gas station, you can be looking to spend anywhere from $40 to $100 depending on the fuel you need and how many gallons your tank is. In contrast, in order to completely charge your electric vehicle from 0 to 100%, it costs less than $3 a very large cost difference. These savings add up over time, saving the American car buyer thousands of dollars a year. And on top of, of these savings, electric cars are more reliable, meaning fewer maintenance costs, saving buyers more and more money. But if the average person is only keeping a car for five to seven years, or about the length of their loan, how much are you really going to be saving if you're paying an extra ten, twenty, or $30,000 more for the vehicle up front? At what point does it just become more cost efficient to purchase a cheaper vehicle and drive gas? While the upfront cost of an electric vehicle can be daunting, the long-term savings are genuinely something to consider. If I was to buy an electric car for forty grand, I would spend about two hundred dollars a year to charge this vehicle. If I had a less expensive thirty grand combustion vehicle, depending on the miles per gallon of the vehicle, I would be looking at two hundred to four hundred dollars a month in gas, and then the additional maintenance expenses on top of that. Though an electric car may be more of an initial investment, the money you have you save having one surpasses the initial cost of buying an electric vehicle. Now another concern that I have with electric vehicles is the recyclability of the batteries. You know, we're taking these materials out of the earth and then throwing them at landfills and what are our plans to, to deal with things like that? Recycling is actually an area in which electric vehicles can thrive. Combustion driven vehicles more typically end up in landfills and dumps and are not recycled or reused in any meaningful way. Whereas the components that make up the batteries in electric vehicles can actually be repurposed and reused to make new batteries to put into new electric vehicles coming off the assembly line in factories. Because the resources that make up these cars are valuable, automakers have come up with methods to reuse the components to help keep the costs of new cars down and to make electric vehicles more envi environmentally conscious. So what it sounds to me like is that now is a good time to keep an eye on electric vehicles. Uh, for me personally, it doesn't seem like the right time to run out and go buy one. I think it would be smarter to wait a little bit, give the time for technology to improve the cost to come down, and be more on par with a, you know, a diesel or a gasoline vehicle, even though we agree that they're not as good for the environment. Uh, I think that for the average American car owner, that what they're looking to see is a little bit more cash in their pocket each month. So if I have a larger loan, if I have, you know, maybe my maintenance costs are less, and most people aren't really dealing with maintenance on their vehicles the average day, especially not in the first couple of years of ownership. So I, I think, at least to me, what it sounds like is that maybe 10 years from now is about the time that you should be looking for, you know, this next step in, in vehicle technology.
The sad truth is we don't have 10 years. Through government subsidies and a more robust charging system and lower costs of electric vehicles, we could see this platform as being the future of the automobile. Not just because it is the an available technology, but because it is what will save us from the current plague on our environment that the combustion vehicle created. Well, there you have it, folks. This has been outdated or underrated, as always, the show where we debate whether it's time to get new technology or time to stick with the old. Uh, thanks for having us. We're, uh, I'm Zachary again. And I'm Connor, and thank you for listening to Outdated or Underrated.